Caleb Sherrill wasn't always an ultra runner. In fact, he used to be about twice the size that he is now. Struggling with weight, anxiety, and depression, Caleb decided it was time to take matters into his own hands. He's now an athlete for rods, racing for orphans with Down syndrome, and has a big year of racing on the calendar coming up. Get inspired, people. I think you're going to dig the show. Guys, I wanted to give you a heads up on all of the races that Big Things Crewing is going to be at this year. If you're going to be at any of these races and you need crew or a pacer or have interest in getting involved with pacing an athlete, get in touch. I would love to chat with you about it and maybe get something set up. So, races we're going to be at this year. Um, April, we're going to be at the Desert Rats Festival in Colorado. That's in Fruta. We're going to be at the Cocodona 250 in the beginning of May in Arizona. We're going to be at Adventure Fest a couple weeks after Cocodona in Colorado. Desert Rats Stage Race. That starts in Fruta, Colorado, and runs to Moab, Utah. We're going to be there supporting that race that whole week. Silver Heels 100 in Colorado. We're going to be at that one. Hard Rock 100 in July, Colorado. Never Summer 100, uh, 100K in July in Colorado. We're going to be at that one. Of course, Leadville 100. That's kind of our big one. We're going to be there. That's in August in Colorado. We're going to be at Run Rabbit Run in September in Colorado. Sangre de Cristo in September in Colorado. And we're going to be at Moab 240 as well in Utah towards the end of the year. So again, you guys, if you're going to be at one of these races and need a pacer, reach out. Or if you would like to pace, uh, maybe you're new to the world of, of ultra running and you just want to get involved and go pace an athlete for, I don't know, 20 or 100 miles. Uh, reach out, get in touch. We may be able to put you to work. All right. Thank you, guys. I love you all. Please enjoy this week's episode. All right, Caleb, uh, thanks for doing this, man. Um, I mostly wanted to talk to you just because I came across your, your, I mean, we've been following each other on Instagram, but your Instagram said, uh, fat kid turned distance runner. So <laughs> immediately that, that struck me as, as interesting. And I'm guessing there's an interesting story in there, but, uh, if you don't mind, just give us an intro, tell us who you are, man. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate you having me on. It's uh, awesome. Um, so my name's Caleb Sherrill. I live in North Alabama around the Huntsville area. Um, currently, I work for Huntsville Hospital. I'm kind of in the middle of a career change, so that's something's coming on. But um, as far as running goes, you know, I'm a distance runner and I'm a, um athlete for rods, racing, race, racing with orphans, racing for orphans with Down syndrome. And that's something that I got involved with about six months ago. And, you know, that's kind of been my biggest running motivation for the last little while. Nice. Um, tell us about that organization. Uh, Rods is, uh, what does it stand for again? I'm sorry. It's um, Racing for Orphans with Down Syndrome. Okay. Okay. So Rods is an organization that it, it partners with a couple others, but 
essentially we're a group of athletes, mostly distance runners that we all kind of pick a child, um, to represent. And, um, like my child, Scotty, uh, on all my races training, I wear a picture of him attached to my hydration vest, but our overall goal is to raise awareness and funds for the fact that there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of children out there with down syndrome that are in the foster and adoption system that, and, you know, not so much in the U S but in other countries, if they're not adopted by the time they're 16, 18, most time they're either put in a mental institution or just put out on the street. So Michael McKnight um, is our executive director, and he's kind of revamped the organization over the last year. It's brought on some new athletes, made some changes and everything. But, um, it, man, it's just it, it's a great organization to be in. And, it, you know, being able to pick a child and, you know, try to help them find a forever family because that, you know, that's something I'm a firm believer in. Every child deserves a chance to have a loving family and home. Yeah. Well, hundred percent, man. <clears throat> and I can certainly appreciate that. How did you get involved with these guys? So really it all started with Instagram, you know, um, following Mike, you know, he's, he hates when people say it, but he, he's the goat of 200, you know, mm-hmm. uh, triple crown of 200s multiple times, Colorado trail fastest known time and a lot of other stuff. But, uh, you know, following him, I started seeing the pictures pop up on, uh, on his hydration pack of a little boy and uh, his child is Brody that he sponsors. But, um, you know, just seeing that. And then Hector Rodriguez got involved in the organization. So I started seeing that. And then uh, I started meshing with Hector some about the wolf pack and all that. And, you know, eventually it just led to me once I decided that, you know, I was going to be racing about every month that, you know, that was something that I, I wanted to try to be a part of. Okay, cool. And so are you raising money uh, or or like, how does it work? Like, um, do people donate to you or do you have a certain place people can donate towards? Yeah, man. Um, So we just recently revamped the site and my new fundraiser link should be coming out in the next day or so. Um, But that will be attached in my Instagram bio. And then you can actually go to um, www.rodsheroes.com. Or it might be .org. I'll double check on that. But um, you can go there and, you know, you can go to the full detail if you can find an athlete. Uh, I mean, there's a there's I think there's around 50 of us that are active right now. So, you know, it, it doesn't have to be me. You know, you don't even have to donate towards a certain athlete. You can just donate to the organization through their website. But um, I'll have a new fundraiser link coming out in the next day or so with a goal to raise right around five thousand dollars over the next year. Uh, I'm going to set the goal cut off at, um, it, I, I'm going to do it around the second week of January because that will be right around the end of my current racing schedule I have throughout the rest of the year. Yep. So, it, you know, I, I try to post as much as I can throughout the year about my fundraiser and, you know, keep it up, show my training, show that we're getting with it. And I also, I, I donate monthly amounts to it as well, just because you know, I'm a firm believer in you know, if you're going to speak for something, you need to back it up too. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, cool, man. I'll check it out. And if you get that link soon, uh, send it to me and I'll put it in the, the show notes as well so that people can donate or, you know, people can just check it out. I mean, it, it sounds interesting. And, and I've had both Mike McKnight and uh, Hector on the show. They're both 
yeah, total, total studs, obviously. And, and uh, yeah, I'd love to support whatever you guys are, are running for because it's a great cause. So um, how did this all start for you, Caleb? Did you grow up in Alabama? Like, um, like I said, your Instagram says you started out a fat kid and that's, <laughs> that's your words, not mine. But um, yeah, man, I want to hear the story. Yeah, man. So uh, I'm born and raised in Athens, Alabama, where it's a little small town in North Alabama, right or, right in between Huntsville and Florence. Those are the two biggest cities near us. But um, uh, pretty much I, I grew up, you know, it, little town, little high school, so went to the same school, K through 12. Um, my biggest thing, I played baseball all my life, started playing whenever I was four and played into my freshman year of college. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I was always a hit, the fat kid turned and distance runner is kind of my, my play on it. Cause it, uh, going into my senior year of high school, I weighed almost 300 pounds. So, uh, over the course of that time, you know, I've lost right around 150 pounds altogether, but, um, you know, growing up, I, you know, I had, I don't want to say I had a bad childhood or anything like that. You know, I had a great home, great loving family. But one thing that I've always struggled with is mental illness as far as depression, anxiety goes. It's something that it, it's ran in my family for a long time. My grandparents have been affected by it. My parents are affected by it. So, you know, eating just kind of turned into, I guess, my escape for that. You know, it was never really drugs or alcohol or anything like that but I was just I, I I was an emotional eater um I had no idea of what a portion size was you know I would just eat and eat and eat um and even with playing baseball pretty much year-round and everything else I, I never I never really dropped any weight I just steadily kept getting bigger and, and it finally hit a catalyst around right at the start of my senior year where I weighed almost 300 pounds Wow. Senior year of high school, right? Yes. Okay. I just want to clarify. Yeah, man. I mean, that's, that's a big high schooler for sure. And you mentioned anxiety and depression. So uh, I'm guessing you, you struggle with both of them, anxiety and depression. And, and you said in your family. Yeah, for sure. And, um, and eating kind of became your coping mechanism rather, you know, some people choose drugs and alcohol. Some people choose gambling and eating just happened to be your thing. It sounds like in all the way up into your senior year in high school. And I'm just curious if you could like paint us a picture, like when you were in the throes, uh, like the deepest, darkest place of your senior year in high school, and you're just eating whatever, whenever, like what, what did that look like? So a little bit of backstory, you know, it, <clears throat> Whenever I was uh, 14, my grandfather had a bad car accident and he ended up passing away from his injuries. But I, I was actually supposed to be working with him the day that he had the wreck and I had overslept that morning. So right around that time was whenever everything started to get really rough for me, because as a 14 year old, you know, in my mind, it just went straight to, well, if I would have been with him, then. Maybe I could have stopped it. Maybe I could have let him see what was coming, you know, all, all that stuff. So for about, for a few years, I really blame myself for it. But it, it hit a breaking point around the summer of 2012. Um, I was in the middle of, you know, it just 
uh, going into my senior year of high school, the complete unknown. And uh, like I said, I played baseball year round. So I'm in the middle of probably the most competitive years of baseball I ever played on some of these teams. But it finally hit a point to where I, I basically just said, I, I can't take it anymore. I, I'm not doing this. I, I'm tired of waking up feeling like this every day. And I ended up trying to take my own life that summer. I, I took a handful of pills and I, I guess it, the weight is my saving grace because with the amount I took, I probably shouldn't have woke up the next morning, but somehow I did. And after that, it was kind of just a thing of, well, I tried, uh, I, I'm still here. So now I got to figure out how to move forward. Wow. You said that was 2012. It was. Okay. And where, where were you in high school at that time? Um, I was, it was the summer going into my senior year. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. And so would you say that was kind of a rock bottom moment for you? Was that the lowest of the low? Uh, yeah, that, that was probably definitely the lowest of the low. For sure. For sure. And so like, there you are, like with your life in your hands, like wondering if you should go on and I'm just trying to, to figure this out. So you were overweight and you said you didn't want to feel like this every day. Like what, what exactly were you feeling? Like what led you to this point where, where you're really thinking about taking your life? Was it just the weight or was there, was there more going on? Uh, it was a lot more than just the weight, you know, it was still trying to, you know, figure out how to go on without my granddad. That was something that probably uh, honestly took me close to six to seven years to truly accept. He was, he was my best friend, my biggest role model. I, I saw him every single day from the time I was four years old until he passed away. He lived next door. Um, so he, that was just something that took me a really long time. And, you know, just uh, my grades in high school weren't good. Uh, it wasn't that I, I wasn't smart. Honestly, I didn't try. I didn't care. Um, you know, yeah, I think it was just a lot of there was a lot of uh, stress driven anxiety and depression from I don't want to say all from losing him, but not knowing how to deal with that loss. Mm and trying to hold it all in and keep everyone on the outside, not let anyone know that I was struggling or anything like that. I, that was something that I did probably until I was close to 23 or 24 was, you know, I held everything in. I didn't talk about my feelings or my problems with anyone. I didn't show any emotion. I just went on throughout the day pretending like everything was fine. And I guess that's whenever I say, I don't want to I didn't want to wake up feeling that way anymore. It was that, I was tired of just going through those motions of putting on a, a fake smile and a fake laugh and, you know, be, being the friend that everybody knew. And uh, I was just ready to, you know, quit putting on that act and just be done with that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate, man. Um, I can totally relate. I've had those feelings. I've been in that place and uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a rough place to be in. Um, so you take a handful of pills. I'm guessing that leads you to the hospital. I'm guessing that leads you to a few days stay in the hospital. And then I, I don't know, I'm guessing therapy medication. I mean, how did you sort of work your way out of this downward spiral that you were in? So that's the kind of weird thing about it is, you know, I, it, 
no one except me knew about it. So kind of whenever I woke up the next day, I, I just kind of went on like it never happened for the next little while. I would, I mean, it, I, you know, I took probably 12 hydrocodone Ooh. and it, it's like, I, I still to this day, I don't know how or why I woke up the next day, but sure. you know, I just, I, I kind of, that was something I kept to myself and I don't think I ever told another person until maybe three or four years ago. Mm. And, you know, I, my parents knew that night that the pills went missing, but I don't think they, even to this day, we've never talked about it really. So I, you know, obviously I got in trouble with them because they thought, you know, I, I was just taking the pills for whatever, but when in reality I was trying to take my own life, mm. but you know, I, I woke up the next day and probably for the next week, it just, I didn't think about it. And then it, it hit me about two weeks after that, that, uh, oh shit, like uh, I'm still here and I have to figure out, I can't just act like this didn't happen. So at that point, you know, I, I went back and I got on antidepressants for a little while and I, I was on and off of those for probably three years. And uh, I hate taking any kind of medication, but you know, those work great for some people, but for me, it just, it, it put me in such a foggy place that I couldn't, it, it was almost worse than not, than just feeling everything I was. Sure. So at that point, I kind of, whenever I got off of the antidepressants is really whenever my fitness kicked up. Okay. Okay. And is that mainly how you sort of manage your mental health these days, just with fitness, or do you still do therapy and or antidepressants or anything like that? And and I'm not knocking any of these things. I've used them all, and I currently use plenty of you know these modalities. Yeah. But like, where are you at now? So at this point, you know, pretty much running is my mental health therapy. You know, I, I run five to seven days a week most of the time um I, I i'm running races every month at this point sometimes a couple a month uh I, i've done one ultra so far i attempted another one and dnf'd it about a about three weeks ago so that that was a fun experience but um I, i've got a bunch of races coming up through the summer and you know that that keeps me motivated for the training along with the mental health and then you know in, in all reality the, the thing that I think it, more so than the fitness and everything else is once I came to the realization that I, I'm not alone and that there are hundreds of thousands of other people out there that feel exactly the same way I do and that are going through the same things and that it's okay to be open about it. Once I started opening up and talking more about my mental health and my mental health struggles, it, you know, I've developed some of the best friendships and friend groups that uh, I, I don't even deserve, you know, some of these guys are so awesome. Mm. And, you know, it's all from just, you know, that common vulnerability and coming out and talking about it. And, you know, I think the, the fitness and, you know, just being able to openly sit down and say, Hey, I, I, I'm struggling this week. You know, uh, I, I just need you. I, I need some advice. I need to get some things off my chest and, you know, having, having people to go, talk, just talk to. Mm -hmm. 
So are these mainly just like friends or are these like therapy groups or what are you talking about here? So, um, uh, most of it's just, uh, you know, friends, you know, um, a lot of people that I've met through social media, like, uh, Justin true, Am Gandhi, and a, a lot of those guys, you know, just talking to them, you know, here, hearing their stories, hearing the things that they've overcome and just talking about our different and shared experiences, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, just putting myself out there. I post a lot about my own mental health on social media a lot and, uh, you know, a lot more uh, on its way with that. I, I've got a couple projects that I, I can't quite say yet, but I've got some ideas in mind for stuff that uh, I'm working on to get that out there. And, you know, just finding that common ground with people, whether it's, you know, people in your local running community like I have, or, you know, it people that are states across like those guys or whatever it might be, you know, just find that therapy for yourself and you know if, if you're a religious person for you know i am so i even whenever i get out on the trail and you know i can just talk to myself talk to god do whatever you know uh, i just anything like that really yeah yeah no that's all beautiful therapy uh just being on the trails and and having a conversation with yourself and your higher power and just appreciating where you are and and I've always said the best therapy is just picking up the phone and calling an old friend you haven't talked to in a long time. You know, like if, if my old buddies that already know everything about me can't listen to me blab for, for a couple minutes and, and complain or, or something like that, then, then maybe they're not really my friends, but no, just picking up the phone and, and calling an old buddy. Yeah. That that's, that's huge therapy. That, that helps. That makes you smile. And, and when I'm down, um, picking up that thousand pound phone and calling somebody and asking how their day is, you know, gets me out of my own head. And, and that stuff is all, is all huge when you're, when you're, when you have to keep a close eye on your mental health, like, like I do too, man. So, all right. So you get to a point in your life where, you know, you've, you've made a suicide attempt, you're overweight, you're not happy with the way life is going. Um, so, and, and you decide you want to make a change, like what's inspiring you to make this change and to start losing weight. And, and what's the first first thing you do to, to start implementing change? So the, I guess the first thing I really did was uh, I completely changed my social media. At that point in time, I went and, you know, pretty much it, it on Instagram, I went and unfollowed anything that I viewed as a negative impact on my life and just went and I followed probably 150 uh, just motivation and, you know, self-help groups and stuff like that on there to where anytime I logged on, uh, you know, uh, all I was seeing was just positivity on my newsfeed. Yeah. And from then on, you know, I started going back and hanging out with my old friends, you know, uh, spending a lot more time playing baseball, you know, whether it was just hitting the batting cages with a buddy or finding a pickup game to go play in that weekend, whatever it might be. and. Uh, I, I made the decision that I, I had been playing with it on and off most of my life, but then I made the decision that I wanted to try to play college baseball. So really at that point, it, it was right at the start of my senior year of high school that I started working. That, that was at the point that I was about 300 pounds. That was whenever all this was going on. So I kind of, I knew if I wanted to make that goal come true, that I was going to have to drop some of the weight that I was going to have to get in better shape. So uh, I started attempting to run sprints a little bit more. At that time, a sprint for me was, 
you know, d- doing about two repeats for a quarter mile. And then I was so gassed that I couldn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. But I, I started hitting the weight room, started doing all that. And uh, eventually I, I got lucky and I, I got the opportunity to sign a scholarship at Huntington College in Montgomery, Alabama. And um, once I signed with them, you know, they kind of put me on a little bit of a weight program and everything else. And over the course of probably graduating high school to starting with them that fall, I, I dropped about 25 to 30 pounds. Mm-hmm. So I dropped about 30 pounds in a four or five month period. Wow. Um, and once I got there, I, I dropped probably another 10 or so. So I, I was down to right around 240, 250 at that point. And I, I just, I wasn't happy there. Um, I didn't really like the way that college baseball was, you know, it, it was a lot more work than play at that point. So I made the decision to leave there and move back home. And I enlisted in the Alabama National Guard. And in order for me to actually go to basic training, I had to hit the height and weight standard. So being 5'10", I had to either be a max weight of like 185 or pass the tape and weight test, which basically they measure neck, measure around your stomach and okay. subtract your height. And they have some weird formula for it. But from that period, I dropped another just, I mean, three gym sessions a day for probably three months straight and I dropped down to right around 200 in a two and a half month span. Wow. So it, and at that point I was able to go to basic training. Yeah. I passed all that stuff. I went to basic training and I actually got down right around 170 while I was at basic training somewhere around in that area. But due to the amount of weight I had lost, the stress on my body was a little bit too much and I developed a bunch of stress fractures in my legs. So I I ended up having to miss the last phase of a lot of stuff. And I was giving the option to either reclass and start over at day one or just sign papers and go home. So at, at that point, I just made the decision to go ahead, take an early separation and get out. So I left Fort Benning and came back home and really then was when my hard weight journey started. Hard weight journey. Okay. It sounds like you'd lost most of the weight and it sounds like the hard part was over, but you're smiling like it wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. So at that point, you know, I was able to lose a lot of weight really quick due to my size but now it was to the point to where there was a lot of loose skin. Um, I was injured because of how quick I had lost the weight. Mm-hmm. So I had to go, I had to figure out how to continue to lose the body fat to get down to the weight and everything that I wanted, which at that point, my, my goal was right around 160, which is pretty close to what I still sit at now. But I wanted to get down to 160, so I had to figure out how to do that without damaging my health and damaging my body. Mm-hmm. And that was the hard thing because it, it was no longer three gym sessions a day, just micro counting calories and what I put in my body. It was more of a figuring out the type of workouts and exercises that I like that I'm going to 
be able to mentally withstand doing for the next six months, years, whatever it takes. So it was a lot of trial and error. I mean, I would go through spurts to where I would attempt to run sprints and that would last about three weeks. Then I would hop on the rowing machine and row for an hour a day for three or four months. Then I would just get bored with it altogether. I would quit going to the gym and then I would gain back 15, 20 pounds and then be like, I kind of have to check myself and be like, all right, we're, we're not doing this again. So you got to get back at it. And eventually that's what's led me to running and it, you know, it, ultra running and attempting all this crazy stuff that all my friends think I'm insane for. <laughs> of course, man. That's why I have you on the show because you're insane. Like all of us. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, so you were doing a lot of different stuff at the gym to try and stay active and try and keep the weight off, but it doesn't sound like you had like any direction. Um, you, I'm guessing like there wasn't, you did, probably didn't have a coach or anybody giving you like solid direction. You'd go into the gym, spend an hour on the rower and you know, that's good for now, but eventually that gets boring. Is that kind of what mm -hmm. it looked like? Oh yeah, man. I, you know, it, in the little town where I lived, finding a trainer was hard and finding a trainer I could afford was nearly impossible. Yep. So it, in my mind, that just was never even an option at the time. For sure. For sure. And then, so you were running sprints from time to time, but it doesn't sound like you were doing like long, slow distances. When did that sort of come into the picture? I have always hated running, playing <laughs> baseball. I, I hated it with a passion and everything else. And I, I really got into it about right around a year ago. Um, my first log miles on Strava were March 1st, 2021. Oh, wow. Um, but Whenever COVID first hit, I, I, I work in surgery, so I was furloughed for about six weeks because we were just we were in that state of not knowing what was going to happen, how long this was going to last. The hospital didn't know, you know, if they need to pull us to other floors or if it was better to just keep us out in case they needed us or what the situation was. And so the or the gym that I work at or the gym that I work out at is uh, owned and ran by the hospital. So that closed along with it. So I started just doing kettlebell workouts out in the yard and I, I would run sprints in between. And one day I kind of started to figure it up and I realized that I'd run about five miles worth of sprints during my workout. So that led to me kind of thinking, well, if I can do that, then I can I could probably do one of these five or 10 K trail races that they do, you know, I was like, I don't really care anything about running on the road, but it, trail running sounds fun. So I went on and one of the doctors I work with quite a bit, he, uh, he's an ultra runner himself. He's done 10 or 12 ultra marathons, probably uh, upwards of 15 actual marathons and a bunch of other races. But he got sorry and he kept hounding me every week about when I was going to sign up for one. So finally I signed up for, um, a, a summer series that running lane events does here locally on Monsano. It's uh four races over a course of three months during the summer. But, uh, w once I signed up for those, I, I decided that I might ought to start to try to train a little bit of distance. And that was kind of what, what, uh, led me to attempting 50 K's and the distances that I'm getting up to now. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. So what was your first race? Was it, was it a 5k on the trails or? 
my my first weight race was um smoke rise trail run it was a 10k which i ended up running about an extra mile on because i got lost <laughs> <laughs> perfect perfect okay welcome to trail running <laughs> yeah i know it okay um how did you feel during and after that run were you just like a changed man or was it just one more step in this evolution or how were you feeling uh it- Woke up a little bit nervous that morning, and, you know, once I got there, it, it was probably the coolest day we had had in about a month. So, wet weather was great. The, the trail we were running at was beautiful, and uh, just it, as soon as we started, it was just bliss the entire time. There's um there's pictures of me from whenever we get to one of the overlooks that the trail photographer got of me to where I, I'm just smiling ear to ear running. And even after, you know, running the extra mile across the finish line and it, you know, it was a, it was a great one. They had beer at the finish line. So I went and got a beer and was talking to my girlfriend and my family and, you know, just it, pure joy, e- even with running an extra mile, costing myself probably 15 minutes on my time, you know, pro- probably cost me, uh, I ended up finishing third my age still. So it probably cost me a first or second spot, but mm. it, it was just great. And after that, I think I signed up for, uh, in that next week, I probably signed up for six more races for throughout the next year. <laughs> so needless to say, you were hooked in. Oh yeah. Fr- from the very beginning. Okay. Okay. Um, and then what changed from that point on? Did you start running more? Did you start logging weekly mileage? Uh, what happened after that? I did. So whenever I decided to sign up for all these races, I ended up doing it to where every race, every month went up in distance. So the first one, my first two races were a 10K, then I did an eight mile or a 10 mile or a half marathon. And, you know, I kind of just kept going up from there. I, I skipped the marathon step and went straight to a 50K. But uh, um, a- after that, you know, I signed up for a bunch of races and my original plan was to start 2022 with a 50 miler but i ended up getting covid about a month before it so i I dropped down to the 50k and that was the race that ended up dnf in about a month ago um but yeah i just uh whenever i signed up i just it made sure that my races increased in distance and with that my training has kind of increased in distance as well totally totally um do you mind if i ask what happened with the dnf no it's completely fine so uh, more than anything, it, my mind got the best of me that morning. It, uh, it was in East Tennessee. It was about 18 degrees with an eight degree wind chill at the start of the race. Um, and, you know, we, we got there a little bit later than planned that morning, had trouble finding exactly where we were supposed to go. Um, stood in line a little bit to get packets. So by the time we started, I already had ice in my beard and, my girlfriend was actually running the half marathon that day and it it just so happened that we kind of linked up on the trail at a certain part. And at at that point in my mind, I said, I would, you know, I I was just going to finish with her. So more than anything, I I, I got really cold and my my mind got the best of me. You know, my, my body was functioning good that despite the COVID, you know, I, I'm not going to blame anything on that. My lungs hurt, but it, I had been, I logged 45 miles a week before. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, that's no excuse. It, it was more than anything. My mind just got the best of me. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, that's a good training week, right? You know, oh, you, yeah, learn, absolutely. you learn a lot about yourself and every ultra runner has DNFs. And sometimes it's because of performance. Sometimes it's because, you know, mentally, I don't want to be here today, you know, mm -hmm. and this race is still is going to be here next year. I'll come back and get it next year. And it's all part of it, man. Like we've all been there and, uh, hats off to you, man, because uh, I'm looking at your ultra sign up here and it looks like you're signed up for a bunch of races. Like, oh my gosh, one, two, three, four, at least five, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like you got in, they're all shorter distances, but those are all great training runs. So, I mean, okay. So like looking into the future, do you have like dream races or dream aspirations? Are you trying to build up to something in particular? Oh yeah, for sure, man. Um, so, you know, short term looking at the rest of the year, they're, they're not on ultra sign up yet, but, um, uh, there's a series here in Huntsville put on by the Huntsville track club. It's called the Huntsville grand slam, but it starts in November with dizzy fifties, 50 K on Monsano. Then, um, going into December, you run the rocket city marathon, which is a road race. It's one of the biggest around here. And then on new year's Eve, you run recover from the holidays, 50 K, which was my first 50 K this year. Okay. And then um, right around the middle of January is Mountain Mist 50K, which was it, it's one of the first and oldest ultra marathons in the southeast. Okay. But um, you complete those four marathon or greater races in the three month period, and you get a nice Huntsville Track Club jacket and everything. But that that's my bucket list for the end of this year, and that's what all the the shorter distance races are leading up to. But yeah, man, in the long run, you know, uh, obviously anyone that's getting into the ultra distance, you know, I, I, I think, you know, we always have the, the Western States and hard rock and those kind of things in the back of our mind. But, um, uh, a lot of these Arab opera races that they put on just look mm -hmm. absolutely awesome. You know, um, hobbling a hundred that that's one that is definitely on my bucket list. And, um, you know, going out to Moab for, you know, whether it's the marathon or one of the shorter distance races or, you know, eventually maybe the 240, something like that. Um, th those places like Tahoe and, you know, even Badwater and just uh, all, all those beautiful places out west are really on my bucket list. Uh, I've never been out west, so a, a lot of places out there, some stuff I'd love to see. Arizona looks beautiful, too. So yeah. I, I'd like to see a lot of that stuff. Cool. Hell yeah, man. Um, when I was kind of new into ultra running or like a year or two into it, I was obsessed. Like I'd come home and watch. I mean, at that time there was very little online about ultra running, but I'd watch as much as I can online. Are you the same way? Are, are, do you feel like you're obsessed right now? This is your thing. This is what's taken up most of the real estate in your mind. Um, or do you have other stuff going on in your life that takes up all that space in your mind? Uh, no, it, it, at this point, it's pretty much all running right now. I, I'm lucky in, uh, my, my girlfriend, she's a runner as well. So she, uh, she, she, she gets it and she's able to chime in. So I don't bore her to death with it, but, um, yeah, man, I mean, uh, it, go to bed at night. Most time I'll pull up a carry ward or something like that on YouTube, or I'll watch, you know, documentaries on people, whether it's Courtney Dewalter or Killian Jornet or it, you know, it just, all those people, you know, uh, uh, watch Goggins every now and then and, mm -hmm. you know, just uh, feeling it 
feeling everything with running because you know uh, it, it's not only just because you know at this point I love to talk about it, but uh, you can learn so much just from listening to people with experience. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, you mentioned that you work in a hospital. What's your job there? So currently I am a um, surgical technologist. I, I assist doctors during surgery. Um, mainly I do orthopedics. Um, I do a lot of breast cancer surgery as well. Um, but yeah, basically I, I get the OR ready. I get, make sure all the instruments are ready. Any implants we might use if it's or- orthopedics. Um, you know, I, I assist the doctor during surgery and just uh, that, that kind of stuff. All the stuff nobody sees because you're asleep. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And running in your spare time, like, uh, as far as your spare time goes, like how much running are you putting in? Are you doing cross training or anything else? Or where are you at these days? So I try to get around 35 to 45 miles a week right now. Um, I'm lucky since I work in the hospital, I work 12 hour shifts and I work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 7am to 7pm. So usually on the days I work up, excuse me, I'll either um, try to go to the gym before work or after, um, try to get in maybe a couple miles on the treadmill or a quick spin cycle or something like that. Or a lot of times, whenever it's nice out, I like, after I get off, I like to run from the hospital to downtown Huntsville, run around Big Spring Park and come back and get four to seven miles, something like that. Then um, on my off days, I usually do two or three 10-mile trail runs. Um, I live about 10 minutes from Joe Wheeler State Park and they have a, it's a nice, it's a out and back that turns into a loop, but it's all right along the river, right around 10 miles. So it's a beautiful run that I love to go do a couple times a week. And um, I throw in, I have a spin cycle, cheap one that I bought off Amazon, but it gets the job done. So I'll, I'll hop on it sometimes after or before work if I'm not going to the gym and uh, do that for 30 minutes. Um, I try to do a good bit of band and just body weight work in my spare time. It, you know, have time in between surgeries at work, go down to the locker room, bust out 50 squats or 50 push-ups or something like that and head back up. Um, uh, at this point, just anything that I can do to keep my body active. You know, I, I very rarely ever take an elevator. I always take mm-hmm. the stairs to help build that uphill running power. Um, just little things like that, that I do on a daily basis. It's all about the little things, dude. Uh, that remind that remind when you said that, that reminded me, I used to work in this office and I would go back to this back corner where nobody would really go. There was these lockers back there and, and I could kind of hide. I'd go back there and do push-ups and squats during my, uh, <laughs> just breaks. I'd go to the bathroom and then go back there and knock out 50 push-ups and then go back to my office and it's like yeah just the little things man it's it all adds up um well really cool man have you i'm curious have you ever paced anybody at an ultra at like a big hundred or 200 i have not yet um actually toward towards the end of this month i'm uh planning on pacing a guy from around the coleman area named hayden maples he's running the lake martin 100 Ah. And um, at the 50 mile mark, he's able to have a pacer. So uh, I think I'm going to hop on with him and, you know, try, try to get him through the night into the finish line the next day. Cool. Well, that's it right there. That's going to be the final piece that's going to hook you in. And you're going to want to sign up for the longer distances after that, because, you know, your buddy's probably going to look miserable and you're going to have to 
get them through some deep stuff, but yeah, you're, you're, you're still going to love it. It's that, it's that you're that type of person. So <laughs> yeah, man, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to being on the other side of the suffering and, you know, being the one responsible for just cheering someone on, being there to help them out. You know, that, that's one thing I learned uh, very early on once I started racing was, you know, these people that hike, a mile, two, three miles into a trail, sit out there for hours at aid stations and everything else. Every time you come around, you know, just uh, being there for your needs, you know, it, it, I've started volunteering a lot more in the last couple months just because I, I, I love the community. I love the atmosphere and uh, I, I'm looking forward to being that person and try to help him get across. Good, good. Well, it sounds like you're doing everything right. As a new ultra runner, you know, you're signed up for a handful of races. You're going to be pacing. You're going to be volunteering. So you are in it, man. And it sounds like uh, you're just moving up from here. So I'm going to keep an eye on you. I can't wait to see what's in your future. And uh, I think it's I think it's going to be fire, man. So um, real quick, man, just like before we, we move on too far from it, I want to go back to the weight loss thing for just a minute. Like we kind of glazed over it and you made it sound like it was fairly easy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing it wasn't easy. I mean, what were the struggles in, in there? I mean, was it just, I've never been overweight. My struggle was more like alcohol. Probably that was kind of my thing. And, uh, but I'm just wondering like what the day-to-day struggles were like, um, changing your diet, not eating your favorite foods, uh, looking in the mirror, all those things. I mean, those are things I'm guessing are struggles, but I really don't know. So can you talk about that? Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, I think overall the hardest thing was, uh, portion control. Like I said earlier, uh, I, I had no idea what a portion was whenever I was younger. I just ate until I couldn't eat anymore. So trying to, because I've always, it it wasn't really what I ate. I wasn't eating a bunch of junk growing up. I just ate a ton of other stuff. So, you know, really just honing in, you know, the, this is 600 calories. This is what we're going to have at this meal. You know, you'll get however much later. I was never like a, a strict calorie counter, but, you know, just kind of really looking at portion sizes. And that was that was probably the hardest thing because, you know, you're used to eating a giant plate full of plate full of food. Then uh, you you finish what you in your mind's a little meal and you're like, well, I'm still hungry after this, but you know, you do it for a little while. Then you kind of get the point where you're, you're almost like, dang, I'm stuffed after this little bit. (laughs) So I think that was one of the hardest things. And then just trying to find, you know, workouts that kept me entertained. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm picturing, you know, so you weren't eating like a lot of junk food. You were just eating bigger portions of meals Oh so yeah. then trying to, to square that down to like what, what's one portion. I mean, yeah, that's uh, gotta be tough. So is that, was that pretty much your, uh, the bread and butter of you losing weight is just like portion control and then exercise as well. Yeah, the, uh, portion control is the main thing. You know, um, I drank a lot of soft drinks, so cutting cutting out a lot of the soft drinks. Um, it, trying to find an alternative to Gatorade just because of the sugar count in it. And uh, I don't like the no sugar Gatorades. To me, those are nasty. So try, just trying to find healthy alternatives to that to keep my electrolytes and everything else up because uh, with the amount that I was working out, you know, just drinking water wasn't enough. 
Yeah. Um, but, you know, just trying to limit as much processed junk as I could. Um, to, I, I, as the journey went on, I've gotten to now where I'm more of a, a basically a whole foods diet to where, you know, try to eat just, you know, g- good food, good vegetables and everything. I don't, I don't really count calories or anything like that anymore. Um, I, I don't follow any type of strict diet by any means. I still eat pizza and wings on the weekends if I want to and everything. But yeah, just um, trying to find that right portion for, you know, uh, making sure your body's fueled, but not going overboard. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Is portion something you have to look at still to this day? Or I mean, now that you're running a lot, you're also burning a lot more calories. I'm sure you can eat more. Um, Is it is there still a struggle there? Or is that struggle pretty much in the past? That struggle is pretty much gone at this point. Uh, I, I'm to the point now to where I, I'm having trouble just eating enough to keep up. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I still, I'll, my weight will vary. You know, it's nothing for me to go from right around 170 down to about 165 in a week, just because uh, I, I'm burning so much more. Um, with my job, you know, I, I get a 30 minute lunch most days, but I'm there for 12 hours. So most time on those days, I'm eating one big meal a day at the end of the day. And it, if I run in between, I, I, I'm at a thousand, 2000 calorie deficit to end the night. So it, I try to, I try to load up on times I can just for the fact that I know I'm going to burn it off now. But it's like I said, I, I'm still, I'm not eating a bunch of junk. I, you know, uh, I, I love fish. I love chicken. Um, I love fruit and vegetables. So uh, I'm able to put put down a pretty good bit of food with that and not really have to worry about the side effects where I would if I, you know, I was just eating burgers or pizza or something like that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you ever sit and think about that for a minute and just think about where you're at, where you are now and where you were, you know, a handful of years ago and just the difference in your life. Do you ever sit and just appreciate that for a second? I don't think I really had until about two months or so ago. And I sat down and I really started looking at a picture of me from 2012. Mm. And it, it really just all hit me at one time, like how far I had came, not just uh, physically, but mentally, emotionally, and in all other aspects of life. And uh, I ended up that night, I made a pretty long uh, Instagram post that it, it, you know, in my mind blew up, you know, I had it just all the guys, uh, Hector, Justin True, um, Om Gandhi, Brandon, all those guys from out in California, they were sharing it, Joe, Joe Corsione, um, just all, all these guys jumped in and just started showing me all the love and support. And, you know, whenever people like that start telling you like, man, do you realize how far you've came it, it that's whenever it really hit me so I, i'm still i'm in the very beginning stages of really realizing how far i've came in the last 10 or so years nice nice well i mean you are the epitome of do big things man i mean you lost the weight you turned your life around and you've got big things on the horizon you've got goals on the list you've got races coming up this year i love it man it's beautiful um how do you how do you sort of combat the anxiety and depression nowadays? I imagine it's kind of a different animal. It, it, I mean, when you're running a lot, that's an easy way to sort of 
get a handle on that because the endorphins are up. Uh, you're, you're in a good mood most of the time. Is that primarily how you are um, dealing with this thing? Or do you still have bouts of anxiety and depression that pop up? And, and what does that sort of look like for you? Oh, yeah, man, it still pops up. Um, uh, a lot of times it's on days like where I am at work for 12 hours, you know, hit a have a frustrating or stressful day, surgery, whatever it might be. And um, just, you know, it for me now, it's really, I, I kind of got a saying that I, I'll, I'll say over and over my head, which is just take a step back, take, take a breath, look around, you know, make your call. And to me, you know, that's just kind of my de-escalation whenever I feel all those emotions coming on. If I feel myself, you know, start to get overwhelmed, it's just, you know, that, that take a step back, take a breath, you know, analyze your situation and just think about it. Don't overreact because one of my big things was I would come up with 15,000 possibilities in my head that the chance of ever happening were slim to none. Mm -hmm. So now it's just stopping myself before I get to that point. Now, a lot of it is just being able to being able to kind of take control over my own mind and my own thoughts. Yeah, that's huge. That's important. And yeah, that's not easy to do. You have to get to a certain point of intelligence in your life to even realize that. And it doesn't usually come easy. Do you practice anything else like meditation or yoga or cold ice baths or anything else crazy like that? So I, I love the sauna, um, dry sauna specifically. Uh, yeah. I usually try to get in three to five times a week, just depending on how often I'm right around the gym. Um, but usually I'll do 20 to 35 minute sessions in that. And I'll, I'll just put my headphones on and either whether it's music, a podcast, or just listening to nothing at all, just that silence, you know, I'll take that time to really sit and think and meditate on, you know, what I'm doing, what I want to do, what my short-term future looks like over the next couple hours, days. So th that's really, that. that's kind of my Zen place is the sauna. I like to just get back in a dark corner and just, you know, kind of suffer in the heat for about 30 minutes. That's suffering right there, man. You get inside your head deep in the sauna. Uh, I've spent plenty of time in saunas and yeah, no, I love, I love it, man. Well, cool, dude. Um, what is something that no one knows about you? I mean, uh, there's got to be something that, that we can surprise people with. Oh, Lord. Um, I don't know. That's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess just... Um, I guess just a random fact that not many people know. Um, so... My mother is on the board of directors for the Limestone County Children's Advocacy Center, which is it's a organization that comes and it takes children affected with um, whether it's violent, sexual abuse, whatever it might be. They give children in Limestone County a free place to go for counseling, to meet with district attorneys, to meet with psychotherapists, physical therapists, whatever it might be, they provide all those resources. And um, over the last year, I, I volunteered with them a good bit. And, you know, before long, hopefully looking to join them on their junior board of executives to, uh, you know, help make my contrib contribution back to them. And hopefully that's a, another organization that later on I can use my platform as a 
endurance runner to kind of help gain the, uh, get some money from them and you know just get get the word out there for what they do and it, even pass them what the national children's advocacy center does nice nice well i like what you're doing i like where your head's at i like where you're going um i'm curious have you ever heard of bigger than the trail i have not you should check them out. Um, it's, uh, it's a nonprofit that advocates for, uh, you know, mental health and they give trail runners, uh, three free months of therapy if they need it. So, um, that's another company you could get involved with. And it's one of the people who support this podcast. In fact, uh, if anyone is interested, you can check out bttt.run slash support to sign up for three free months of therapy. And uh, it's a really cool program and it's something you might be interested in or you might be able to share on social media and just, you know, help other people out because I feel like you are one of those people that are going to be able to help other people. You know, you're still at that point in your ultra running career where you're still kind of moving up in distance and you still don't know where this thing's going to go, but you've lost weight and you've come through some stuff, man. So I think you're going to be able to help people in, in one way or another, whether it's you know, I don't know, through this podcast or 10 years down the road, some other podcast or, or whatever, you know, so stay on the path, man. Just keep doing what you're doing. I love it. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Um, that's definitely, you know, that's my, my whole goal it, through this whole thing. And, you know, really since I've, you know, really changed my life around is, you know, uh, I want to help as many people as possible, whether, you know, I, I'll never say that the way I went about things is the right or correct way to do it. Cause I don't think there is. I think that's a very personal thing that everybody's got to find their own path and their own way of doing it. But, you know, it, it, anyone that I can ever give any advice to, you know, tell my story to, to show them that they're not alone, that other people have struggled and still struggle with these things, you know, that that's what it's all about. You know, it, it goes far beyond, you know, whatever I can personally do as a runner or anything like that. It, it's all about the amount of lives that can be affected and changed. Yeah, I love it. And what's your Instagram handle? Um, it's uh, Caleb underscore Cheryl. Caleb underscore Cheryl. S-H-E-R-R-I-L-L. -L. Yeah. Okay, perfect. And um, yeah, so follow this guy uh, for inspiration. If you want to lose weight, hit this guy up. I mean, it sounds like this is the guy to talk to and uh, he's still in it, man. He's still uh, in this ultra marathon thing and, and moving up in the world. So <sighs> Caleb, thanks for doing this, man. It was, it was fun. It was cool to get to know you and uh, hopefully I'll get to see you on the trail at some point, man. Yeah, man. Sounds awesome. I appreciate you having me on. This was <laughs> my first podcast I've ever done. So uh, I, I was a little out of my element and wasn't real sure how, how to go about it. But uh, it, it's been great, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. No, you did great, man. Don't worry about it. And uh, yeah, man, I've done over 100 of these podcasts. And I was just on a podcast myself a couple of weeks ago. And I, I was all nervous. Like, oh, <laughs> man, what are they going to ask me? What am I going to say? So no, I totally get being on both ends of it. But um, yeah, you did great. And, uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing what's in your future, man, because I know you're just moving up in this sport. So keep it up, man. If there's anything we can do for you as a company, you know, get after us, but, um, yeah, stay in touch and, and let's, let's keep doing big things. Yeah, man. Sounds great. I appreciate it. You got it. Have a good one, buddy. You too, man. Okay. Thanks. Bye.
All right, guys. Uh, heartfelt thank you for listening and hanging out until the end of the show. I really, really appreciate you guys. I'd like to give a shout out to all of our sponsors. First of all, Exoskin. Their running apparel keeps you comfortable in absolutely any condition. Say goodbye to chafing and blisters. Check them out, exoskin.us. Use our discount code, capital BTC, for 15% off. Real quick, I want to tell you guys about Bigger Than the Trail. Bigger Than the Trail is a 501c3 tax-exempt organization that is using trail running as a platform to advocate for mental health. If you've ever thought about getting therapy and aren't exactly in a position where you can afford it right now, Bigger Than the Trail offers you free therapy for up to three months. No strings attached, you guys. This is this is really, really cool what these guys are doing. I couldn't love what they're doing anymore, in fact. Uh, I signed up. It was quick. It was easy. They matched me with a therapist that met my personal criteria, and I meet with them once a week. I'm trying this thing. You guys should try this thing, and we can all do this together. Look up Bigger Than the Trail, sign up for their services, and let's do the small things in life that eventually lead us to doing the big things. Please let them know we sent you. We also want to thank our good friends at Alter Ego Running. They make premium performance hats, and who doesn't need a good hat when you're out running or on an adventure? These hats should be your go-to on your everyday runs, epic adventures, and just cruising around town. Check out Alter Ego Running. Use our promo code, capital DOBIGTHINGS, all caps, for 20% off. This podcast is also brought to you by our good friends at On Pace Wellness. Contact them if you need to get your nutrition on track. Mention this podcast. He's going to give you a 10% discount and get you properly tuned up. Last but not least, this podcast is brought to you by Athletic Brewing, the finest, in my opinion, non-alcoholic craft beer on the market. Check out athleticbrewing.com. Use my discount code, McRobertsA20 all caps, for 20% off the best non-alcoholic beer around. Enjoy the taste without the hangover. All right, guys, find us at big-things-crewing.com or patreon.com slash do big things. Life is short. Do big things, baby. Pedro, take us for a run, homie.